Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen of Luca Nation? Uh, I have two updates for you guys, or two things I want to talk about before we jump into our uh, Star Stock episode here. And guys, we're rearranging, so you're going to be hearing this in the beginning of the episode. Make sure to stay and tune in, you know, 15, 20 minutes in to where Conrad does a kind of deep dive, a breakdown into uh, the index, what's going on in, in both baseball, basketball, and all the good stuff. But, you know, first thing, I got to give a shout out to uh, our friends at Card Talk at 1.37 p.m. You know, for the longest time, we've been talking about how the hobby needs a daily podcast alongside Luca Nation Network, Lucas Tigers and Bronze. Oh, my. There's just too much going on day-to-day in the hobby to not have a daily show. And today, Gary and those guys announced, you know, I think it's called 7.31 a.m. They'll be doing a daily show as well. So uh, just got to give a shout-out. I know those guys well. I I know they'll be successful. And uh, I think that's a big thing for the hobby. You know, we see a lot of really similar shows where they're once a week and stuff. But something like this that's daily is going to be really, really good for the hobby. My second shout-out is to my co-host. This guy knows how to work a system. So let me give you an example. You know, you hear Uber Eats, Grubhub, Florida, <laughs> all that stuff. The guy gets delivery from Chick-fil-A by going through the catering menu. Yep. He says, what's the problem, Andrew? We can have it one day, two days, three days. It doesn't go bad. We're going to eat it. That's right. That's right. With minimum order, <laughs> we'll deliver. So right. my man today throws into uh, our... You know, Luca Nation Network content team group, just a flex. This is like the biggest. This guy owns a Michael Jordan, uh, PSA 9, PSA 10, uh, Pokemon. So he's got it all. But it was the most most major flex I've seen, just the, his chocolate <laughs> order for dinner. <laughs> Listen, I want to make sure you know I'm in a good mood. You know, you know what does a family of four needs $260 worth of Chick-fil-A for dinner? Why not? <laughs> I literally almost pulled a U-turn in my car to go and get Chick-fil-A. <laughs> well, my mom texted me, I need you home at 6.15, so here we are. What can I do? Family call, so. That's the key. Well, listen, you got to find a way to get some cheesesteaks, man. You know, I mean, you know, when in Philly, do the Philly thing. That's that's what I would do. Last time I was in Philly, I ate seven cheesesteaks. What's what's your what's your cheesesteak order? Um, I'm a whiz. I'm sure that surprises no one. <laughs> whiz, uh, whiz. Whiz is it doesn't taste bad when you try it, but the fact like that it comes from like a metal can, huge metal can too at those places. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't do like I don't do like all the fixings. I'm not like a big like throw you know onions and peppers and everything on there. I just give me give me the, the right bread, you know. I'll give me a Tony Luke's maybe, you know. Um, but uh, Gino's, I switch it up too, right? Uh, the Phillies, I went to it has to be. This was 2008. 2008, the last time I was I was I was in Philly, I, I went to a game. So the Dodgers play Phillies. It was I think the year so 2008 2009 ish. I think it was the year the Phillies went to the World Series. So we wound up actually seeing a pretty good game, a pretty good team. Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, mm-hmm. and of course because I just hey, Holiday, right? Yeah, I just can't no. be. Uh, I just yeah, I just can't be Cliff like. No, Cliffly. I can't be like a normal guy and just go watch a game and eat a hot dog. I tell them every inning we stay here, I'll eat a cheesesteak, which is which is expensive. I didn't really realize. say that too because I'm my friends. Sure. I'll stay with a bunch of friends. You just say it to yourself. You're th- this is no, 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 no. 
You mean like flip personalities? No, dude. I, I, t- I tell my friends, I want, you know, there's a place in the city. Um, I don't even know if there's any more of them left. There might be one or two left. So Brother Jimmy's, a barbecue place. Like, you know, their, their slogan for a while was put some south in your mouth. It's a great little slogan. They made some good, good barbecue, right? And they had a Wednesday, Southern Appreciation Night. Um, and, you know, they had all these like all you can eat, hush puppies, um, you know, uh, rib tips, wings. So I used to go there after I got out of college. I used to go there and um, on Wednesday night watch a Yankee game. And I would say, I'll eat a wink for every pitch Roger Clemens throws. And I would do it, you know, <laughs> like, you know, well, you know, it was unlimited. So, you know, you eat as many as you want. And as long as he didn't really throw his arm out. You didn't clean off, like, yeah, everything yeah, off yeah, the wing? Yeah, you can't, you know, yeah. I, my, my friends would give me shit if I left anything on there. No, my, 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 my record is 140 wings in one sitting. And I'm disappointed because I really should have done 144 because that's 12 dozen. Like, it's pretty cool to say I ate a dozen, dozen wings. And I, I couldn't. I stopped at 140. Um, did, I was you really drive, was, did you drive home? Uh, I probably drove home. This was a you, you know, college you, you, thing. You, like, you got to get a hotel room or something. That's, that was not so, a ride home. I can't believe we've gone here. But anyway, I did have seven cheesesteaks. I was with my wife um, at the time, and she's like, we're leaving at the seven innings. I'm not going to be in a car ride home with you. <laughs> you keep doing this. So she was probably smart. But the worst, believe it or not, I've ever felt after food, the worst, like the fullest, right? And I had, went, when you went to your kombucha tasting. Uh, yeah, that would be terrible. I never had Chipotle. Like, I was one of the last people to try Chipotle, right? So this is uh, maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago, something like that. I, it was just not one of those things. I'm not a huge Mexican food guy anyway. So we were at work, um, and a guy I work with was a, was a talker. And it's fine. Every once in a while when you talk about food, I'm going to shut that down, right? And he's like, you know, I could eat. I'll eat as many burritos from Chipotle. Like I can eat, I can eat as many burritos as, as possible. I'll eat as many burritos as you can. Like the guy was like 112 pounds soaking wet. So I said, listen, I've never had Chipotle burritos, so that's fine. But how about this? I'll eat two for everyone you eat. No problem, right? How many do you usually eat? So he says, I can eat two, no problem. I said, all right, so then I'll eat four. So we went there and we ordered burritos and i you know i, I just told him to put everything in it you know like the, put the rice the guacamole no the sour cream steak. sour cream is unnecessary uh, i don't really love sour cream but we put everything in it. i ordered four and I, I sat down at chipotle with four he ordered two and after i finished my third one and started my fourth he had finished his first and tapped out and just said, I don't think I can eat a second one now. And I'm like, dude, you said you eat two. Like, we, I'm already three to one here. Does it just an average human eat one? Like, I don't know. But I ate a fourth one. Dude, let me tell you, that's like eating a brick, right? And, and, and of course, I when I eat, I drink soda. You know this. I drink soda all the time. So I, I probably drank four liters of diet soda while I was eating these burritos with all this rice. I um, I don't know how my stomach didn't just completely explode from this. Like I I went back to work and I was like this, like I felt like I swallowed a Toyota. You know, it was just it was terrible. Was this there, like, is so this is the hard hitting analysis you're gonna get on your Star Stock episode. <laughs> well, listen, you went on you went on to my Chick Fil A. I could talk about eating, man. You know, it's uh, this is definitely a part of my past. I, uh, I definitely signed up to be a competitive eater at one point in time. If you were a competitive eater, would you be investing in the Shohei Otani cards? Because I wanted to transition to, to him because he's the he's the talk of the town. He, if there's one player this MLB season that's going into Tatis, that's Acuna, that's Soto, 
I mean, Boba Shett's having an amazing year. Vlad G's having a good year. There's one guy. I mean, Otani. I and like I like Otani. Oh, Acuna looks good too. His prices are going up. Um, Soto's prices are going up, but Otani is. But why I bring that up, Cage, is the only player to see a price increase this week was Shohei Otani, whose cards have gone up 32% on uh, Starstock. When the index this week was down for baseball, 11.25%. It's big. That shows a lot of support from the hobby towards this one guy. Yeah, and it's amazing, too, because that's a, that's a tough boat to turn around. Um, it's like, like Otani would get stuck in the Suez Canal. Because there are way, way, way too many of his rookie cards, right? Hmm. So, so to have his cards move, it really means something. Because he, I think, I think he set a record with the amount of different cards that are out there for him. It's funny. Right before we got on here today, I'm gonna do a little shout out, and we'll get into the star stock data. Um, bottom of the ninth cards on Instagram, it's bot ninth cards. B O T the number nine T H cards. Bottom of the ninth cards. They do the cards for kids sponsorship and all that stuff. They sent um, this is this is Doctor 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 Bobby, right? So um, you know this is this is this is my you know my my, my pal uh, Pastry. I'll probably say it wrong. The, you know I've mentioned Canada. Check out this card. We got we got his family here. Little awesome family, a Luca Nation listener. So he sent me a uh, you know like a little awesome. baseball card of the family. Tops made. It looks like you know eighty seven tops version. But he sent me over uh, a bunch of cards for Ian and I to open. We have uh, some hockey stuff as well. But one of the cool things he sent me a whole write-up about how the 2018 Topps holiday issue is underpriced. It was cheap. It's 30 bucks at the time you know, to buy it in the store. And uh, if you look at the population report on the, uh, like the, the bat-down version of Acuna and all these other ones, that, that you know, they're, they're less of them, and yet they're really underpriced. So it's something I'm definitely going to take was, So the holiday version was always the cheapest. Ever and since the hobby. What's pretty awesome is I know that there are silver versions. So what's cool about it is there's like snowflakes, but then there's silver snowflakes. So yep. Ian pulls fire in the box they sent me for free. Here he pulled an Otani rookie with the silver snowflakes on it, like a silver snowflake parallel. Fire. That's a, that's trademarked. Here, from here on out, well, that's trademark. Ian pulls fire. So thank you to the, you know the, the Pastry family, and um, you know bottom of the ninth. Take a look on, on Instagram, follow those guys. I mean, they sent this over. It was, you know, we were able to break cards. And I'm going to look for that particular card, this Otani holiday one, because, you know, I think the pop is lower than some of the other cards. I, you know, I didn't mean to hijack the Otani talk because I know he's, he's he, but we literally just pulled an Otani rookie 10 minutes before we jumped on the episode. Um, and it, it, it plays into the narrative. I've talked about Otani a bunch. There I don't think are a million. Page, just not to cut you off, I think yeah. that these little micro examples are so interesting because it just shows the strength of the hobby and the strength of the community that we're building. Oh yeah. And and this is to businesses and content creators out there. If you want to win, make sure you listen to your customers, to your hobby, to the community. These people like cage. I mean, that's incredible. This guy just sent you a pack of cards, right? Well, you just connect with them on Instagram? So, so I'll take some pictures. We'll, we'll post that on Instagram. You know, it's just a member of Luka Nation, mostly about hockey, wants to talk about hockey. And, you know, we don't talk about hockey that much. So he said he's going to send Ian a bunch, uh, you know, some hockey cards to open. It's where we can chat about hockey. And we didn't open it yet. He sent a, a, a 92 hockey OPG premiere, get a little post-it note on it about, you know, uh, who's in it. Um, you know, Lindstrom, there's, you know, an error card in it, like a whole write-up on what to look for. But he also threw in, because he knows we're not huge hockey guys, he threw in a couple of packs. There were two um, Skybox uh, Dream Team packs. We got a Jordan in each one of them. 
So Ian opened a pack of 92 basketball cards and got Michael Jordan in each pack, which is amazing. How do you beat that? You know, I'm sure they're not the most costly things in the world, but it's cool. He's like, I got Michael Jordan. And there was one fat pack of uh, Prism football from this year. And uh, what's the trademark that we have? What, what are we trademarking? What's the phrase about Ian? Ian pulls fire. Ian pulls fire, right? So one pack. See who that is? Herbert. He pulled the Herbert. Herbert base rookie card out of the right one prism. I mean, we opened a whole box of prism. <laughs> we didn't that's get a card rookie. saver. That's a card saver one. Looks like a cardboard gold right there. That's cardboard gold, card saver one. So, so yes, he sent over some stuff. And you know, this week's opening with Ian was was all thanks to you know bottom of the ninth. I got the business card right here. You can check that one out. We got that right there. And really awesome. I can't wait to open the hockey cards. And Ian pulled fire again. Um, so hockey, oh, football. For Starstock, this past week, sales was was fifteen percent. Baseball was forty six percent, forty five and rounding up, and basketball was thirty eight percent. Hockey, not there. You know, if this box is fun, I might have to change this. We might have to start getting some hockey stuff, right? Because hockey's a rabid fan support. But if you look at that again, basketball dropped a little bit. Baseball's up. Baseball's almost half the sales now on uh, on Starstock. We were saying that was going to happen. I'll say uh, maybe not now, but I, I expect to see that football number trending uh, trending towards 20 and 25% very soon. Oh, yeah. I agree. No one's sending in football yet. I think with the release of Select just coming out, people will probably start to send some of that stuff in. You know, it still takes a little while for the stuff to come in, but you look at what is being sent in by brand, it's still I'm, – I'm a little surprised by this, but the number three brand being sold is still the Prism Draft Picks Basketball. I wonder if that's just, you know, volume being sold on that because I, I don't know if you're any, anything like me. I have a ton of that stuff in my vault. Maybe that's just because that's what everybody was sending in. So maybe by volume people are selling them, but um, that's I'm not profiting off that. I've only bought Edwards at uh, the highest prices and now they're for pennies. So I will uh, – <laughs> I'm a bad holder on the draft picks. But, hey, I mean, All right. I'm excited to give it away to some kids, so – Listen, that's and we will talk about that. We're gonna have a call this week with uh, with Starstock, and you know, so guys, also, if you have issues, you know, you have questions about Starstock, you have you know things going on with the account, send us a message because we do talk to the guys. Um, you know, we have a Starstock group. We can get you in that if you want. You know, we talk about like intake. We talk about different ideas. If you have some suggestions, something you'd like to see change, please send us a message, and we'll raise it with the guys. What's the worst they could say? They can't do it. At least you know you're you know you're if you have a suggestion or something like that, um, you know, let us know, and we will raise it. Um, I've raised some stupid ideas with them and they've told me no, so I'm I'm not shy. I will one hundred percent tell them this is an idea we got from the audience. So it's uh it's all right. Got so today, uh Eric Myers, guys, we had him on uh on our episode. It's oh, Halo. Back. Uh, he, he he gave me a call and we were just talking. And one thing came up and it's relevant to the data, is we were talking about John Moran and Tra and Trey. How they have such poor shooting percentages this year, like really, really low poor shooting percentages this year. If you look at Trey's, you'd be surprised at how poorly he's shooting. And we br brought up this topic called technical versus fundamental analysis, right? So in short durations of time, technical analysis is price action, news, uh, hot sector. Fundamental, how Warren Buffett, for example, invests. Over time, uh, the value of a company will play itself out and the best stocks will win. So we brought that up and we compared, you know, Ja and Trey to a SGA right? SGA has a sh great shooting percentage. I, he, I mean, plays really, really well. He is one of the mo most valuable players to his team in the NBA, especially amongst those uh, young guys. 
has really good assists, really good rebounds, but he's consistently sells below Trey and Ja. And on this week's list, he showed up as the worst performer. His cards dropped 30%, 29.41%. So not only do I believe in SGA long-term, I think right now might be an opportunity to take a look at him being oversold, right? Because he's been out of sight, out of mind. OKC hasn't been good. Uh, he's out for the season. But at the same time, he if you look back at his track record and look at his age and then look at future success, you have to beg the question, is he not on the same level or potential level as Trey Ja? And if his cards are selling for, you know, 50%, 60% of what Trey and Ja are, I think it's really, really worthwhile to take a look, especially as they've been super oversold. And we've already seen this play before when it comes to players that show up on the worst performer list. The next week they show up on the best performer. So I would take a look at SGA. I like it. I, it's funny. We, we, we talk about the who's on the best performer, who's on the worst performer. We talked about Kyle Kuzma. Last time around, we talk about oh, you know, uh, uh, SGA, Kobe White. I think ever since we started doing our our um, Star Stock episode, it's been one week he's on the down and one week he's on the up. And this week he's up thirty three percent. He's on the up again. Colin Sexton as well on the up. Um, so yeah, volatile I mean, guys, penny stocks, volatile players. Yeah, because you know they they either they either find themselves in a six man role and don't do anything, or they come out and they light it up and they can't miss you know, the, the basket and, and, you know, Kobe White can light it up for 30 something points, you know, on any given night. So same thing with Sexton, um, you know, good matchup and it's great, but yeah, somebody like OG and a down 20% on the list, right? That's a guy who, you know, if he falls much further than that playoff team, you know, you will show off in the playoffs. Not I, this we'll see. I, that East is, they look bad, crazy. man. That East is nuts. You know, there's I like, see. there's like three games that separate like four and 12 seasons. I know, but they just lost to uh, a, a Hawks team without Trey and uh, Danilo. That team doesn't look good. That team yeah. doesn't look good. I mean, it's it's interesting because I mean, we we could talk about their whole different. Well, maybe we'll do that on our Conrad special NBA scouts. The but I don't, I don't, uh, I don't. I'm not a believer in Toronto. I'm not a believer in Siakam. Uh, teams gonna it's, they're gonna struggle. Listen, the star stock data bears out what we've been saying for quite some time, right? That there are there are ebbs and flows, you know, there are peaks and valleys in this collection in the seasons of collecting, right? So we we talked about how baseball was going to start to go up, you know, before the preseason, leading up into the you know spring training, you name it. And then when the season starts, a lot of that pent up energy it dissipates, and then you start to move into the dog days of summer. So it shouldn't surprise anybody that the uh, the emerging twenty index. Is actually down 11% week over week because all that energy, all that craziness, and then boom, you know, nothing happens. Plus, you got injuries, right? You got Eloy Jimenez who's injured. And, you know, he's um, he was the biggest drop-off um, on the list, closely followed by Keston Hiura. Um, and they both lost a third of their value. They're both 35% down and 34% down. Followed by Juan Soto down big from last week. And I mean, I think a lot of that has to do with just the run up, right? You know, it's a week over week thing, you know, when you're comparing it. Um, he, he lost three times as much as Tatis did. And, you know, who knows how long Tatis is going to be out for with his injury. You know, Tatis is down about 11%. Um, you know, the one guy who has showed up, and it's funny because we didn't talk about him from an energy perspective last season. You know, the energy was all um, Tatis dancing, you name it. But, Acuna, 
I know you and I disagree on him. You don't really, you know, think that he's the high flyer and the hobby that these other guys can be. I, I, I also did not think he was like, you know, he was in the same Soto um, Tatis. He was a notch below them. But I've watched some games this year. He's got some energy to him now. He's got a little swag to him. You know, he's hitting baseballs and staring them down. He hit one to, uh, you know, yeah, he won exactly. He hit one where Bitcoin is right now. You know, so you know, it's just it, it's never going to come back down, right? So, so I mean, I'm watching Acuna. The, the tough part about investing in somebody like Acuna is there's like three MVPs and two World Series titles already baked into his and Soto's and Tatis's prices already. So it's difficult to, um, you know. To, to, you know, hang your hat on investing in them just because everybody already expects such big things from them. But I, I'm watching him and, you know, with, with, with Tatis going down, you know, two things come up. Number one, can Acuna take that mantle as the, you know, the, the face, the young face? And number two, little sneaky one, I gave him as a play last year, not Cronenworth, but Trent Grisham. Right, he's a guy who, for the Padres, same rookie year, you name it, you know, he was last year rookie was in Chrome, all that stuff, and you can buy him for a couple bucks. He's a guy who kind of was overshadowed by the Tatis show, by Machado, by the fact that he had two guys putting up MVP numbers in a short year. But what he put up last year was, you know, the the numbers that that somebody would put up, you know, as the lead hitter of of a team, and. Um, you know, I was very impressed by Trent Grisham, and obviously the folks who were buying, um, you know, cards on Starstock are as well because he was the number one player by sales count last week. No one, no one was purchased more than Trent Grisham was last week. Um, I think people are, are, you know, are onto it. People are expecting him to kind of pick up the slack where, you know, where the Tatis production fell off. So it was him, uh, your favorite AJ Puck, <laughs> and uh, Dustin May. Um, the only basketball player, did you see the only basketball player by sales count by, you know, volume of sales who made it into the top five? It was, it was four baseball players and one basketball player. You know who the basketball player was? I'll give you a hint. He's, he's, he's overshadowed by the the first two draft picks. He's only 20. Yep. And he's, he's making an argument that the last draft pick one, two, three, the last draft one, two, three might be the best one, two, three ever. I was, so RJ Barrett, I was going to bring yep, that up for the final topic to discuss is do we need to be having more of a conversation who is the second best player in that draft class? And not yet. Not yet. You, you don't put him on RJ Barrett? On, um, John Moran, not yet. Not yet. But he could get there very quickly. You know what the problem I have with Barrett is? He literally looks like he's asleep. <laughs> like, I don't know if he is smoking he cheaper have, he you know, before the game. If, if he's got the whole Goldberg, you know the fancy rolling papers and the stuff we got going on. I don't know if he, you know, has the same guy as you comes to the locker room before the games. I have no idea, but he just looks, he looks like he has the munchies, you know, he's playing, you know, he's like, he's not looking for the ball. He's looking for Clay Thompson. So does Clay Thompson. Yeah. But Clay's got like, he's got like a fight to him. You know, Clay looks like he wants the ball. He looks like he's in the game. You know, RJ looks like, all right, there's a game going on. When did that happen? (laughs) You know, like, you know, Andre, just, I mean, maybe because he's 20 and maybe because it's just so easy for him, I get. But, you know, seriously, he looks like he's looking for Twinkies. How important is that, that it factor, right? What you're basically saying is he's not, he doesn't have, he doesn't exude, I guess, charisma, like, kind of like Anthony Edwards. You know, he's always, he loves the presence. He loves the show. He's always awake. He's always ready to kind of 
clap back, say something like how important is that in investing? I, I don't think it matters, but do you think it does? I do. I definitely do because you want somebody who is at least the, like potentially the face of the team, the face of the franchise, you name it. And Barrett just, he gives off this, you know, like I'm okay with my role and, you know, they could bring in whoever they want. Julius Randle could be our all-star and we can make him the focal point of the, of the offense. And, you know, Derek Rose can come in and, and do his thing. And I can have Emmanuel quickly get all the headlines and, I mean, when do you hear anybody talking? We're having this conversation because nobody talks about him in the same thing. I know some people are starting to talk about it because the numbers are there. But the reason why you, you, you're, you haven't heard of this as a, a holy triumvirate, and it's just been the top two here of, of Zion and, and Morant, is because even though he's in New York, RJ makes no noise. None. Right. And he may have the – he may have – I can't believe I'm say this. Besides Zion, he may have the most upside in the draft class because he's so young, young like Zion. Like I think Zion has just ridiculous upside. But Barrett, you know, if he works on his game and finds a little fire, he could be really, really good. Well, he's a three-tool player. He can he can pull up uh, mid-range. He can get to the cup. He could, his three-point shooting has improved. I was actually reading something, and it goes along the lines of what you said. With I was watching the Knicks-Celtics game, and they were talking about the beat writers how. RJ needs to demand the ball more in the end of the game moments. And you saw that game, that was a two-point game, two-point loss to the to the Celtics. The game before that was a two-point loss to the Nets. And that's what we want as investors and fans and collectors is the guy who wants the ball at the end of the game. Win, lose, or draw, he wants it. And, you know, people are like, you, you, Thibs, you got to make sure that uh, RJ Barrett gets the ball at the end of the game. Well, I, I might actually say the opposite. Like, it it's a special personality that demands the ball right at the end of the game. Well, I think you either have that or you don't. Whether you Leo, can develop Leo. that or not, I don't what, know. What was the name of the movie we just watched with Ben Affleck the other day? What was it called? Like Redemption Road or what the heck was the name of that movie? We watch all, we watch every movie that's out there. Ben Affleck, he's a handsome individual. You know, he, what do he, you do when you're in a movie for like 20, 30 minutes and it, you just know this is the worst movie ever? Do you finish it? The way back is that what it's called? The way back, the way back, not like the okay, the way back. So, so I'll answer. I've only left one movie ever in my life. I think I might have talked about this already on an episode. I was a kid with my father. We but we we convinced my father to go see the movie UHF. My brother and I we said we want to see this. It was a Weird Al Yankovic movie. You know who Weird Al is? Yep. He was a guy who made like funny songs yep. instead of yep. you know I'm bad for Michael Jackson is I'm fat. So he made a movie. And Cosmo Kramer was in it, you know, from from Seinfeld. You know, he played Stanley Spadowski. And he created a television show on a UHF network. Anyway, they had to come up with commercials as well. So one of the commercials, about 20 minutes into the movie on this UHF, was a commercial for a store that sold spatulas. It was called Spatula City. So we got up to the commercial for Spatula City, and it was like, what a great present to give somebody for a bar mitzvah. Buy six spatulas and get a seven spatula free. My father was like, get up. Get up now. Like, I am not sitting through the rest of this crap. To be fair, this guy made a song called Amish Paradise. Yes, so, yes, yeah. Same, same guy. So that was the only movie we ever left. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, it sticks with me. It would be like me. if Sasha Baron Cohen made music? Sort of, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and he should. He should make music. He did at the end of uh, the end of the Bruno movie. He made a he made like a, a We Are the World version. Stings in it, Bono's in it. He's got like a whole like thing at the end. Check out that movie. It was one of his worst movies. It was a good scene at the end. Um, 
But yeah, so anyway, to the point, we were watching this movie called Way Back, The Way Back with Ben Affleck. He's a basketball coach, goes back to his alma mater, and he, and he coaches a team at a Catholic school. And there's a, a point guard on the team who he clearly identifies as the best player on the team, the guy. And, you know, there's a, you know, a scene where it's, it's time to make a shot, you know, that the team is down, you name it. And they're like, you know, he's had a conversation with this kid. Like, he's got to speak up. He's got to be more vocal. He's got to be the leader. Even though he's not a senior, he's going to be the captain. You know, he's got to be the face of the team. And he tells him, you know, on a play in one of the games, you know, that he, he takes it to the hole and gives him options. You can shoot it. You can pass it out for the three. You can do this. And it works. He passes it out for the three because the defense converges on him. And he's driving him home. And he says to him, he says, he says, kid, you know, I would much rather you take the shot. And he's like, yeah, but they double team me, and he was open. He goes, yeah, but that's not our best shooter. You're our best player. I will live and die as a coach with my best player taking the shot at the end. And, the, of course, the final scene, I'll ruin this movie for anyone who hasn't seen it. The final scene, of course, is, you know, the they need someone to make a shot, and the original play is, well, you're going to have to pass it because they're going to basically triple team you. And before they run out there, he calls them back and he says, no, you take the shot. You're our best player. You do what you got to do. Take your shot. I'm going to live and die with my best player taking the shot. I don't see the Knicks doing this with R.J. Barrett. I see R.J. You Barrett- guys on the other end, real quick, listening to this and being like, okay, 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 but you never played basketball. And if you get double teamed, just, just stay with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you pass out. That's what good players do. Take this quote from Kobe Bryant, who talked about this very thing. And he talked about preparation. And you should know that a double team is coming because you should know where it's coming from. And a double team is actually the best way to get that game open game winning shot because when you know where the, the double team is coming from, you could come, go away from it and now you break the defense down. So Kobe's talked about this before. Listen, Sorry. some people pass it off even when they're not being double teamed, but then Danny Green misses a shot. So, you know, it happens sometimes. I was know? thinking about that exact same moment. <laughs> but no, I don't want to get on LeBron. I'm going to get hate mail again. Um, but yeah, what do you mean? I mean, it was Anthony Davis. Yeah, yeah, of course it was. Anthony Davis would have taken the shot. He would have dunked it. So, so yeah, I mean, listen, he, Barrett, he could be very good. And maybe he listens to this. I know a lot of NBA players are listening to this. So, you know, maybe if, you, if, if you're listening to this, you know, Julius Randle, you know, IQ, tell Barrett to listen. Tell him what I'm telling you. He, he, I'm not investing in you, R.J. Barrett. I will not put my hard-earned money into you, R.J. Barrett, until I watch enough games where you want the ball at the end. You want me on that ball. You need me on that ball. Your name. <laughs> my money's not so hard earned, so I'll throw my money there. Just kidding. But last player, let's do this in 60 to 120 seconds. Sam Darnold. You know, Ooh. when people get tr- the Chick fil A's there, we might have to no, cut. No, no, no. When the Chick fil A arrives, we cut. Like, like a half hour. We're good. <laughs> oh. oh, man. The time period before hitting that place order button and it actually arriving at your door, it. That feels like it's, it just moves in slow motion, especially when you're hungry. Uh, <laughs> but Sam Darnold. And this, guys, when a player gets traded, prices on Starstock go up. That If there's one thing that's been consistent, that's been consistent. Sam Darnold, buyer or seller, he's got a lot of weapons. He's got a lot of tools. We've also seen that he kind of plays like a tool. What do you think? <laughs> well, listen, he's the, he, you know, he's the Jet quarterback that never butt fumbled. Um Am I a buyer or a seller? The cards have gone up already a lot. I like Darnold. Um, I think, oh, here we go. I'm going to get hate mail for this. But I think the NFL is so much more a product of where you land than your talent 
your own talent. I think that there are a lot of quarterbacks who, if you swap their team, they would not be as good. Now, that's not everyone. There are people who just make talent around them. I mean, you should obviously Tom Brady. Can I navigate should, a little bit then? Just we should line up the bums that he had. Yeah, but please navigate. Carson Wentz. Wentz, yeah. But Wentz, Wentz has never had a legitimate um, wide receiver. And people will say, well, look, Hertz was so much better. But Hertz wasn't doing it by... Oh, by I'm sorry. Was, go ahead. What I'm saying is now he's in a different situation, mm-hmm. a better situation. Yeah. Some people could say, you know, people blamed Wentz for a lack of Philly success. But if we're going to talk about your point right there, because I agree with it 100%, he's now in a much better situation, you know? so and He may turn around. We, we, we'll see. Right, so that's listen. It's not everyone, right? It's not everyone. There are people who leave and go to other situations and do not flourish, right? So I remember when Brady got hurt and Matt Castle played a season for him when he was hurt, and he also led the team to the playoffs, not to a Super Bowl, but he led the team to the playoffs. And there was there was rumblings around the league like maybe Tom Brady's not that good. Look, Matt Castle took the team, you know, you know, whole deal, and. Matt Castle went to go play for Kansas City, and he was not that good. You know, I mean, you know, so that's just one example off the top of my brain. Um, will Darnold do do great things? He's young, man. You know, he one of those things a lot of people are forgetting. You know, everybody's buying Joe Burrow, right? Joe Burrow, buy Joe Burrow. You know, get on Joe Burrow train. You know, Sam Darnold's younger than Joe Burrow. Did you know that? He's younger. Kyler He's, Murray. Sam Darnold's twenty three years old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sam Donald's young, man. I think Kyla Murray is younger than, than Joe Burrow. You know what I mean? These guys didn't play, you know, as long in college as Joe Burrow did. So, you know, it, it reminds me of when you and a lot of people made fun of me for buying Devontae Graham and said, why are you buying a 37-year-old rookie? <laughs> you know? And, and, but the same thing is there, right? If, 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 if we're going to say, oh, Joe Burrow is going to turn into this great thing after watching him play four games for the Bengals, I mean – Donald may have a longer career ahead of him than Burrow does. He's younger. He's a younger guy. So, you know, I don't want to wipe the slate clean with what happened to the Jets. Obviously, he made some mistakes. He made some bad plays. But there are franchises that do not put weapons around you. Can you name me the best wide receiver he had? On the Jets? The Jets? Yeah. I remember watching the Jets. I'm like, I, I was there when, Gary, when I worked for Gary, and I, I wanted Gary to be happy. And I was just watching this Jets team season after season. I was like, I don't think that they're getting any better. Like, I don't they think don't. they're actually bringing in any good players. And I was, I was actually surprised that they're giving away all their best players. So, I mean, um, who's the guy on Carolina, though? Uh, Robbie Anderson. They had Robbie Anderson for, I think, a year. Yep. And he's going back, right? A yeah. A little reunited. So, but obviously other and better weapons than that. I mean, listen, so, so if I were a quarterback, right, if, you know, and I know I have a quarterback build, but if I were a quarterback in the NFL – and you asked me where I'd want to go play. It's funny, right? Obviously, I'd love to play at you know the Patriots or the or the or the Bucks or something like that, where you know they're fantastic. But Andy Reid, right here, Andy Reid. So I'm going to give you two teams that may surprise you. If I were a quarterback, where I'd want to play? I'd want to play in New York for the Giants, or I'd want to play for the Panthers. And here's why: you have the two of the best safety valve options there as a quarterback right so you could throw it down the field you do the whole deal but but he's got christian mccaffrey now you know what i mean he's going to a place where you know if he doesn't have it downfield or can't throw it downfield he's got some uh, he's got a fantastic option coming out of the backfield who should take a significant amount of pressure coming off of him 
right? I mean, the Jets had Le'Veon Bell, but they had like Le'Veon Bell part, you know, like like version 6.0 where he was already broken, you know. So, you know, what what weapon and protection did did Darnold have with the Jets? Not much. Um, I don't expect him to go out there and be undefeated or win a Super Bowl. I do expect him to be better. Why I'm not a buyer right now is because people have already run his prices up a lot because of the trade. It may be worth playing this, like um, playing Sam Darnold this way, and we'll wrap with this. If you're able to find some a bottom in this this summer, because prices are going to drop a little bit. Remember the Bucks, a team that wins a Super Bowl, they really there's this hangover in the first half of the season, especially the first four games. People don't realize the first four games in the NFL kind of like preseason in a lot of ways. You know, so Bucks could have a hangover. Drew Brees retired. You don't know what the Saints are going to be. Falcons haven't looked good. Is there a chance for Sam Darnold to hit the kind of hit it right off the bat and go three and one with that team? And there's so much hype and you sell into that hype. I think that's an interesting way to play. Not hold for the full season because I think that th- that three and one will end in a six and nine uh, or si- uh, the amount of six and ten. Or is it 17 games now, right? I don't know what the hell they're going to do. I don't know what they're doing. Six and 11? No, they've but always had a 16 is, game season. Look right? for a bottom in the summer and see if you could buy uh, and sell into the hype when they start the season. I think they're going to have a good first two, three games. He could catch some people by surprise. I like it. There are a few quarterbacks. We'll do an NFL preview episode, but there are a few quarterbacks that you know could could be uh, bounce back candidates this year. But with fifteen percent on star stock, we we don't have to talk about that just yet. You didn't even see who's behind me. Did you see that? Athletics. It says I can't see who who it is. I mean, athletics. I would assume it's probably like Mark McGuire or somebody like that. Is that? I can't really say. No, athletics. That's you. That's athletics of your school. Look at that, man. Look at the. It's an it's an it's an athletic Andrew is what it is. Look at yo! Look at this! Look at that! I'm doing a horrible job with the computer. Um, yeah. We're all dizzy now, though. <laughs> Back in my childhood room for a few days, so I wanted to share that with you guys. Love Lovely. you, Luke. Lovely. Are all the magazines still hidden under the mattress? Yep. The, nice. Yep. Nice. Biggins. Take care, Luke Nation. We love you. What's up, Luca Nation? It is Luca Nation Conrad here, and I'm back with another segment uh, for the Star Stock episode where I will be breaking down the NBA Emerging 30 Index. And before we get into it, obviously, you can tell that there's something different about me today. This is a, this is a new sweatshirt. No, I'm just messing with you guys. I got a new haircut, and to say the least, it doesn't exactly look amazing. However, what looks worse was Kyle Kuzma's outfit one or two days ago against the New York Knicks. And that might be why his prices went down in the star stock market, uh, emerging 30 index. But we will talk about that a little bit later on in the episode today. So for those of you that don't know how to get to the star stock emerging 30 index, you're going to type in star stock, you know, uh, go to this web page right here, scroll down. And then this will be right here where it says emerging NBA emerging 30. You can click over here and it's and hit view the index and you will have the entire index at your fingertips rather than just the few guys that I'll be covering here today. Um, and you can get obviously more detailed analysis of everybody in the, in the entire, um, in the entire index. Right. So today 
we're going to be starting off with some of the new additions that they actually added into the index. They have four new players, Gary Trent Jr., Mikhail Bridges, Robert Williams III, and Jarrett Allen, all players that honestly do deserve to be on the list. So now it's not really the NBA Emerging 30 anymore because there's 34 players. So it is more like the NBA Emerging 34, but we're going to stick with saying the NBA Emerging 30. Right. So there's not a ton of data on any of these guys. So I can't exactly go too crazy in depth on any of them, but I will give like a brief, brief breakdown on each of these players. Right. So Gary Trent Jr. has played extremely well in Toronto. He just recently had a 44 point outburst uh, career high, obviously, and it was on ridiculous efficiency. So prices are just going to prices are just going to continue to rise. Jared Allen is a bland player to most people. He's just your average big man, right? Can't really stretch the floor, gets a good amount of blocks, grabs rebounds, not nothing crazy flashy about his game um, and nothing too exciting for a lot of investors. So unless the Cleveland Cavaliers start to win more games, I don't see Jared Allen's prices really going up by a ton. Um, or really fluctuating a, a crazy amount unless he just really steps it up to a whole other level that none of us really expect him to, right? The third player on the list, Mikhail Bridges. Uh, he's been offensively inconsistent recently. He had like a zero-point game, a 20-point game, then a 15-point game, and then a six-point game or something like that. Um, and, I mean, there was even some inconsistencies before that, but just recently he had a really inconsistent streak um, offensively. So prices aren't really stable and have continued to drop. They've been fluctuating a little bit, but this has definitely um, just led to an overall decrease in prices. And then the final guy on the list was Robert Williams. And I think he initially rose slightly because he was finally starting and finally getting more minutes because a lot of people have been kind of waiting for that opportunity for him. Um, but like Allen, he just has an unattractive game. He, you know, kind of athletic big man, um, really only scores in the paint, basically uh, attacking the basket, driving into the lane, not driving into the lane, but get basically uh, just attacking the basket, whether it's a dump off or um, a pass from somebody else, um, works his way in the post, gets his gets himself into the paint and then finishes with a, a layup or a dunk or any of those sort of moves, I guess. So he won't see drastic, drastic increases like other players might on the NBA Emerging 30 Index. However, if the Celtics do continue to look or continue to get better, then maybe his prices will slowly begin to rise just slightly, um, at least more consistent, more consistently than they have so far on the index. The second person, or I guess now the fifth person, but the second topic we're going to be covering today is going to be Michael Porter Jr. because he's been playing very, very well the past 14 or so games, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more. So the Nuggets overall have been playing at a crazy high level recently, ever since especially the Aaron Gordon trade. But even before that, they were honestly kind of on a hot streak. Um, and Porter Jr. has been playing extremely well as well. So he's had two streaks of multiple 20-point games. I believe he's on a 4-5 point our four or five game, 20 point streak right now, um, which is always great to see. He's crazy consistent and also ridiculously efficient. I believe he's 50% from the field and 40% from three, which is very, very good uh, percentages that you want to see from a guy like him. He's finally getting the touches that he deserves while Murray is continuing to rehab his knees. He's not exactly like out, although he might be after last night because he did go down with a left knee injury, I believe. Um, but he's been kind of 50-50 on and off the court. And, you know, he's he hasn't been playing his best because of knee injuries. So Michael Porter Jr. has kind of stepped up and fulfilled um, the scoring need that they need because Murray is obviously out. Right. So with the amount of people that have been waiting for him to finally get his moment to shine, he's going to continue to climb as long as this level of play doesn't stop. 
right? Because Michael Porter Jr. came into the league being seen as the next best score in, in potentially NBA history because that's exactly who he was in high school. Number one prospect. Everyone believed in him. And then he went down with an injury and, you know, prices dropped. He fell in the, his draft stock fell. And overall, there was just less people believing in him and he got less playing time. So he's kind of, he's got a lot of potential, but a lot of people haven't really decided to commit to his cards yet because of opportunity and injury and all these other factors that come into play. So the Nuggets look like a potential contender, even in the loaded Western conference. And just like last year, they're probably going to have to rely on MPJ a bit more than they do at least sometimes during the regular season. And we could see some real nice performances around that time last year we saw a couple 30 point performances from him uh last year and i wouldn't be surprised if we maybe saw the same thing again however i'm not saying you need to buy him but i'm just saying be on the lookout and be aware that he could really be seeing some major major um what is the word increase in role i guess rj rj barrett is running the roster as i put it on the uh as I put it on the write-up that I made. So the Knicks have shocked us all this year, and it's not just because of Randall, but R.J. Barrett has been exceeding expectations as well, especially mine. Um, they're la- they have a major lack of floor spacing. He gets a lot of his points attacking the basket and getting in the paint, and he's played super well, by far completely blowing me away. Um, and props to him because he proved me wrong. All right, I said that this would be a terrible year for him. And he proved me wrong. So I'm glad that he did. Congrats to RJ. This is some fantastic play that we're seeing from him. However, while he has been really flying under the radar recently, he also recently might have kind of put himself more on people's radars because he had a really nice streak of 20-point performances, including a near 30-point performance, I want to say two or three games ago. Um, and the Knicks are now on a three-game win streak, obviously competing for a playoff spot. Big market like New York, he's really starting to get more attention on himself. I think that people are beginning to realize that he's playing better um, than his prices will at least lead you to believe. And that's why prices are increasing in small percentages because there's only a small portion of people that realize just how well he's playing um, so far this year. But if enough people do take notice, then we could see a big, big jump in future weeks for RJ's prices. And the final guy that I'm going to be talking about, as I mentioned before in the beginning, is Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma. So with LeBron and AD out, Kuzma has been getting more minutes. And while the team has done well, he's been kind of 50-50, hot and cold. However, recently, it's been like a blizzard because it has been ice cold uh, the past, I mean, honestly, pretty much the entire month of April. So Kuzma did have a 30-point performance back on the 2nd of April. But since then, he's had back-to-back games with single-digit scoring. I believe it was 6 and 8. Then he missed some time with a calf injury and then returned with a terribly efficient night. Uh, I think it was like a 14-point performance, a couple of rebounds, and I want to say like one or two assists, and a loss to the Knicks, like a 20-point loss to the to the Knicks. And this is not exactly something that you would see or something that you would expect to increase a player's value in the card market. Um, and so this is the biggest reason that Kuzma has been dipping, at least as of recently, uh, 38.8% drop off in comparison to just 1% drop offs the past two weeks. Um, you know, like I said before, maybe this was because of his awful clothing choices that he made on the while he was sidelined. Um, but obviously the biggest reason that he did see a dip in prices was because of his, um, his poor performances and his injury, but that's all I had for you guys today. So thank you guys for listening.